Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Holy Flick. Sorry for touching your leg there, Chase. I oh. didn't want to get too intimate before the podcast starts. Well, there's not a bed in here anymore. So. <laughs> we were going to have our first bed edition, but that didn't work out like it was supposed to. Um, here today with uh, Chase Coble, as always, as you've already already heard. Already know. Um, here today to talk about uh, Tom Hardy and Venom, possibly in Spider-Man 3, um, Far, Far From Home. But is Ryan Reynolds going to be in Spider-Man 3? Doubtful. That does also, I guess, up in the air. Um, go ahead and kick it off. Apparently, Deadpool was uh, rumored to make an appearance in Spider-Man 3. They wanted him in there, um, especially now that he is owned by Disney. Um, but instead, they're looking to get Tom Hardy's Venom in there. Which one would you rather have? That's tough. Uh, I mean, we all know what the Deadpool, movie quality is yeah. better on Deadpool's end. I would say. I would say probably from because I think they can do it right. Disney can do it right. I don't know. I feel like to to bring in Deadpool, you guys say, where would where would be the best place to bring in Deadpool? Is it Spider Man? Maybe. I mean, I know they have a long history, like in the cartoons mm-hmm. and comics, Deadpool and Spider-Man crossing over, but so does Daredevil yeah. and Spider-Man. But, and uh, Punisher. And yeah. Basically, Spider-Man is like with everybody. Yeah. Um, I would say probably Venom over Deadpool, but only from a, a standpoint where Spider-Man 3 with Venom in it was not the best. Yeah. So, just kind of washing that bad taste out of her mouth. I, th- I thought Tom Hardy was really good as Venom. It's an interesting movie. Yeah. It, it's not the best. I feel like it... It should have had more of a... I felt like it should have been more of like a Marvel... They should have worked more with Marvel on it. I feel the opposite. Really? I feel they tried to go out on a limb and make a rated R movie. They shot the whole movie mm-hmm. like it was rated R. The director... Shot at every action scene like this is rated R movie, which I guess he was led to believe. And with Logan and Deadpool, mm-hmm. you would think they've set the bar for that to be an okay thing, but it's almost like they wimped out and decided, okay, let's go try to go for a bigger, larger box office um, and cut it like it's PG 13. So I think the movie was awkward or jumbled in that way. Like a lot of action scenes just cut off at random parts or. Um, the jokes weren't, I don't know. I just think it would have been a lot better movie had they left it rated R or originally said this is PG-13 for sure. Let's shoot this like it's a Marvel. Mm-hmm. So I, I could see I it better that way. I agree with each way. It better as an R-rated movie. Better as a Marvel movie in the Marvel Universe. Yeah. But I guess maybe it will be in the Marvel Universe. And Yeah, just, even that was uh, when the Venom movie came out, they really didn't confirm... It's just a movie. Uh, it's a, I think much. it's in Sony's universe because you know that is Sony's movie. The same way the Spider Verse mm-hmm. is, um, and the same way the Spider that was the deal is uh, Spider Man can make crossovers like in Civil War or yeah. Infinity War, but whenever he goes off on his own movies, that's Sony. Um, Disney, I think, still has a some creative license, you know, just to make sure they don't screw anything up in the MCU. But I bet uh, Sony leans into Disney's uh, advice because yeah. they they see how well they're doing, and you know they, it's just more money for them. Mm-hmm. I mean, if they help them out, so um, 
I, I like the idea of Tom Hardy in there. I just, because Tom Hardy's probably my favorite actor, but at the same time, just the, I have bad taste after the last film, after the last, uh, after Venom. After so Venom. It's, yeah, it's hard for me to imagine that movie in a Tom Holland, Spider-Man. So it's just going to be how they executed it, I, I think guess. you have to isolate the movie. You have to isolate Venom from the movie. And did you like Tom Hardy? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I did. And I I think that's where you have to kind of look at it from. You, uh, Tom Hardy cast his Venom. Good choice. Uh, yeah. Uh, Woody Harrelson playing Carnage probably in the future. The fact that they said the sequel is going to stay PG-13 and it has Carnage has me qu- scratching my head a lot. Well, let's not focus on that too much. Just, I, but I think Woody Harrelson. Yeah, I, I, I just think would, Venom. It, he is a radar <coughs> character, especially Carnage. Yeah. Oh, um, I one hundred percent agree with. So you. even Tom Hardy by himself and his little uh, kind of halfway comedy thing he was doing with Venom. Um, I just don't know how that's going to mesh. I feel like they're going to have to evolve him as a character and Venom uh, to really make it mesh. I would like Hall to see a. You know, I don't know how they could do it. Maybe do another Venom movie and just let Venom and Carnage wreak absolute chaos on whatever San Francisco that's yeah. the city they're in. And somehow wind up in New York and Deadpool and Spider Man got stopped. Venom and Carnage like mesh together. Maybe, I don't know. Yeah. You know, it's that that is the one one of the things that excites me and I didn't even know this till last week actually. All the different symbiotes there are. Mm-hmm. There's like dozens of different mm-hmm. characters. And so I never knew that. I just knew of Carnage and I knew Venom. Yeah. I knew like there's an anti-Venom, yeah. all sorts of stuff. So uh, Lady Venom. Uh, so yeah, I'm excited to honestly see. I, I hope they push that direction with the symbiotes. I know that's not really exactly what we're talking about. It's the future of Venom. But, um, <laughs> the VCU. I would like <laughs> the VCU. I, I would like that. Um, I know that they're also, uh, speaking of the future of just Marvel movies, that Jared Leto, uh, what's the the vampire? Church of the M. Morbius. Morbius, yeah. yeah okay. Have that coming out too. So, I don't know. I don't. I, either way, I don't see Deadpool, his tone that he has right now, meshing with the Tom Holland Spider-Man, and I also don't see, I see it meshing well. The I just humor, don't. but he is, he is a over-the-top, violent, uh, very dirty jokes. I could see it meshing well like two or three movies from now. Yeah. Like Spider-Man movies from now. I don't think there should be a Spider-Man 3 like immediately. I think Spider-Man 2 should happen. There should be oh, I think like a be couple years. like... It'll be years. A couple movies where he's like growing up like on the sidelines and then jump into Spider-Man 3 and we have some like big thing going. I, I want Deadpool in the MCU. I feel like you do too. I do. It's just I, I'm hesitant on, uh, like I said, how well he'll fit in. I if he can stay have, Deadpool, I think he can. Because you know Disney isn't even uh, making a Deadpool movie under their own name. Because Disney yeah. has never made a rated R movie, and they probably never will. Mm-hmm. So they're leaving it under the Fox name. Um, uh, I can see. I can see Deadpool fitting in this MCU, just because that's the way his character is. Like fans are gonna love it as long as it's. I think it'll be done right. It's not gonna be Wolverine Origins again. Oh, I know that, but I don't know. 
It's just the way it his would, They would never even make it that dark, first yeah. of all. I think he could really work uh, being light, the lighter tone. Like, obviously, we're going to have to have the killing and the the gore and... Uh, but if it's, like adult body and baby legs, like stuff like that. For the solo movies, I think they will still stay that, with that. Yeah. But when he crosses over, they don't. They won't have any of the gore. I, I think can't. that's fine. I, I think that will work. Like Deadpool light. I think it could <laughs> be fine, Deadpool. and they could make it funny. Yeah. As long as it's funny, that's what will work. Because that's what people like about Deadpool the most. People liked how funny he was, not. Yeah. The action in it. The action's good, but I think people liked how funny it was. Because yeah. it was really the first full-fledged comedy superhero film that we got. Yeah. I could agree with that. If, um, let me ask you this. If you could pick one, or just one, I guess, movie series, or where would you want him introduced at in the current MCU? Or like what's upcoming, what would you want him introduced in? I guess it honestly would be because I wouldn't really. He's kind of already done the X Men thing a little bit, you know, not with the main. I guess a Wolverine would be cool, but that's the Hugh Jackman too. Yeah. I really don't. Uh, I wouldn't say Fantastic Four. I couldn't see him with any of the other Avengers. Like, I would say Spider Man. I guess mm-hmm. I think that would be the most I will, natural. I will pull from Twitter. You may have seen this. Noob Master 69 from Avengers. I think that would be a really <laughs> if like. If he was Noob Master. I think that would be a good way to like pull him in somehow. I don't know how they do it. But as long as he is Noob Master 69, I think that would be like a really funny time to in the yeah. end game. Yeah. Uh, I want to touch on something real quick before we jump to the next topic. I think we spoke about this last night. David Arbor as possibly playing Ben Grimm. Yeah, in Fantastic Four, or not in Fantastic Four because they haven't announced that, but the Black Widow movie. So, so maybe starting to tie in the Fantastic Four, yeah, this early, which would I think would be awesome. I, I want them to start using these characters because there was a script rewrite in February. Really, for, for the Black Widow, for film? Black Widow, which was around the time that the deal closed. No, it closed in March. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, with him coming off of, did you know that the Hellboy movie, the new Hellboy mm-hmm. movie, I think was the biggest superhero box office bomb ever. Really? It made $38 million worldwide total. <laughs> really? Yeah, not opening weekend, it was total. I don't know why they keep trying with Hellboy. It's not a... I mean, the, the first two were really good. They're okay. But they're, they're really good. For what they are, they're not a Marvel For movie. what they are... They're really good. Okay. For what they are, yes, they're good. But no one... There's no Nobody large audience for that character. If you wanted to do another Hellboy movie, you should have gotten uh, Gamero Del Toro back. Mm-hmm. And you should have done a third one. Because that, that's the only way I could see. Bringing back David uh, Harbour for... I mean, bringing in David Harbour for it. He looks great. But... Um, I just think it was too soon, and nobody, like you said, really were clamoring for that. Yeah, there's. No, I don't feel like the audience is large enough for that. But 
Moving on. Yeah. Anyways, I would. That, I, yeah. that was going to be my question, though. Coming off of one of the biggest box office bombs ever, I just wonder how they would feel about casting him as another uh, super. I, I could see him as the thing. I actually really like that casting a lot, mm-hmm. but um, I just don't know. I don't think he doesn't have enough star power to carry his own his own film. You either your character has to be big enough, or you right, have to Kevin. have enough star power. Yeah. And true. the Fantastic Four as a whole is enough to carry, you know, its own movie. It, they're they're worth it. So if but it, okay, so if the Black Widow film is a prequel, like they've been saying, it's said after apparently it's been confirmed. I can't confirm this, but as what I read last night, according to comicbook.com, was the Black Widow movie is set after the events of Civil War. Okay. It's either Civil War or the Winter Soldier. I, th- I believe it's Civil War. Okay. So it's not before, like, pre-Avengers, pre-Iron Man 2 or whatever. Yeah. Okay. Which I'm glad so that about. Makes like, sense. I don't want it to be... I didn't really want it to I be guess that. they just hinted at her origin so much in, like, uh, Age of Ultron and in the first Avengers movie, her Redger... Or ledger being read or whatever, mm-hmm. all that stuff. I, I kind of wanted a Black Widow origin I did too, film, but I think so. they've waited too long now. That that could be true. I think, and it's really not even that they've waited too long. It's this that spoilers for Endgame. If you haven't seen it, you know they killed her in Endgame, and then now we're getting the solo movie. Like I could have got down with one or two Black Widow movies, like a Black Widow and the Hawkeye, yeah, movie or. See that's another thing I wanted to see uh, Budapest and all. That I would stuff. like to see. I would like to see a. Maybe they'll do a Disney series, Plus series. That's what I was about to okay. say. A Disney Plus series, or I don't know, flashbacks. The bringing up Hawkeye and you know, or Ronan <laughs> in the show Arrow. They're so keen on flashbacks. If we get an Archer show with more flashbacks, I'll be. Because it's every episode is flashbacks. Yeah, yeah, it is. That's I'll be like very serious flashbacks. Um, yeah, I don't. I I guess I don't really feel any way about uh, the like doing a Black Widow film set after Civil War. Uh, that's all right. I think that's. I, mean, fine. I, I think that could be interesting because on. we don't know a lot of what happened in between Civil War on Earth. Yeah. We so went like the Ragnarok. We went yeah, and well, and Black Guardians too. I think. I'm trying to think Black Panther 2 is after Civil War and mm-hmm. Black Panther. Um, I just don't really, there's no expectations for me on that. Mm-hmm. On her origin film, I have some expectations. I had Budapest, I had yeah. her whole or whatever. I, I really don't have expectations for Which, that time. What's interesting about that is she was, I'm under the assumption after Civil War, she was with, no, she was she with Cap after that? She worked with the cap. No, she went on the run. No, she went on the run because at the end of Civil War, uh, Iron or Tony Stark told her, you know, you'll I think you'll have a target on your back yeah. or yeah, something like that, and okay. she left. So maybe it will be like the government hunting mm-hmm. down. That could be cool. Yeah, it would be. All right, moving on. What do we got next? Um, our second topic was. <laughs> That's <laughs> uh, exactly why I was going to write it down. Um, 
Oh, the the, the, the DC yeah DC contracts on uh, Ezra Miller and uh, Ray Fisher's contracts ended uh, or they're about to end in a couple days at the end of May. Um, I think that's kind of odd. They did like a timeline, but you know most people do certain movie contracts. Like you have a five movie deal or a three movie deal. I don't understand making like a timeline. I'm shaking my head. I'm shaking my head. I feel like I, every time we have a podcast where something DC related gets brought up. <laughs> hey, last time it was positive. Last time it was positive, but I still aired out some negatives. Yeah. It's, why? Why would the deal be structured this way? I guess that's the only way they would sign, but. I mean, it's Ray, <laughs> it's Ray Fisher who is a theater actor. He wasn't even an actor in movies before yeah. Cyborg, which I liked that. Um, I'm fine with that. And Ezra Miller, but I'd, I'd say neither one of them. Ben Affleck should have been the one that had a timeline thing. I don't think anybody. Yeah. They could have done a 10 movie deal and they both would have signed on, I think. Yeah, um, just. That's too much. So we're losing potentially four we members don't know. of the Justice League. I say we still don't know because, you know, contracts can be. But redone. potentially. Potentially, we're, lo- we're losing Ben Affleck. Uh, Flash, Cyborg, and potentially Superman. And so that's four of the six members of the Justice League, and then we're gonna keep get to keep Wonder Woman, finally, sure and Aquaman. Two of those characters very good. Would mind? I'm fine keeping them. I just hate swapping characters. Truly, okay. If they have to do a a recast for four separate characters. We already know Batman's being recast. The other three are up in the air, I would say. I'd say Superman, Flash, and Cyborg are just up in the air at the moment. Which would is, you be fine with them keeping Jason Momoa and Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman, Aquaman, and then recasting the other four? No. I wouldn't either. No. They, and they like would have to introduce that in a crazy way. And I thought they were going to do that with Flashpoint. I mean, uh, Christopher Miller with us, uh, mm-hmm. him and uh, Phil Lord, they were supposed to do a Flash movie like four years ago. It was in development three years ago. And then Justin, dude that directed Aquaman, yep. he was set to do Flash at first, and then he chose to do Aquaman. So I don't know what's up with the Flash movie. Um, and I, if they had to recast four of them, they'd have to have a great explanation for it. And I just don't think don't DC has that um, ability. Yeah, not at this point. Um, I I don't think I think Henry Cavill comes back as Superman. Uh, Flash and Cyborg, I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I I would just say their contracts are ending. That doesn't exactly mean that they're not coming back. Ezra Miller has a working relationship with Warner Brothers. I mean, he's in the Fantastic Beast series. That's true. I I see him. I I see it likely that they'll come back. I don't, I don't think this is a huge Cyborg. story. I, I don't see. I mean, what are you replacing? Just half of a face, pretty much. So, <laughs> yeah, I guess that would be the easiest recast out of everybody. Um, It'd be like replacing uh, Rhodey and Iron Man too. Like easier uh, than that. Yeah, it'd be a lot easier than that because I was like, that was very noticeable. It was very noticeable, but they pull it off well. Because I, I just I rewatched Iron Man two recently and it's like from Terrence Howard they just walk to, in uh, he walks in he's like uh, don't worry about it and just like goes and sits down yeah well moving on I don't feel like there's much else to 
to say about the cast. No, the casting. Just the, yeah, it's it's disappointing. It's new, I, I would but... maybe this is a more common thing. I just know of certain movie limit contracts. Uh, In maybe this... a timeline. Maybe it was a good logistically for them to do. I don't. It could have been a smart decision on their part. It just sounds stupid. To me. I think they had to slow down because of the bombs. Like I feel like. Monthly probably would have been better had, or I guess a yearly contract would have been better had they been more successful. Real quick, and random question for the DC Universe. Um, if the Suicide Squad 2 does really well and Birds of Prey does really well, do you see them starting to mesh the Justice League with the Suicide Squad? <laughs> you have your hat over your face. Uh, I don't know. I, I have to see them. <laughs> yeah, I have to say them. I I just don't know. I'm like a crossover, like a crossover for a crossover. Justice League versus Suicide Squad, that or could together, be, could be interesting. Um, do you want to talk about the Quentin Tarantino stuff of the day? I was getting halfway Twitter yes. famous from it. Okay, um, yes, I would like to. You were very popular at that. Yeah, had like a hundred and seventy something likes. I'm not keeping up or anything. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so Tarantino got a uh, six-minute standing ovation at a Cannes Film Festival before the movie even started. Um, he got a six-minute standing ovation. That's mm-hmm. that's the sign of a director right Dude. there. You don't you just get a standing ovation just for being there, basically. Um, and even Leo and Brad Pitt were standing up. By the way, it is crazy to see Leo and Brad side by side doing a press tour together. <laughs> like it's just so much star power just between them two. It's just odd to. Mm-hmm. See them do that, and also have uh, Margot Robbie as well. She's yeah, not don't leave her. Them. Well, th- <laughs> those two are doing it together, and then of course Tarantino and Margot Robbie are doing their press tour together. And their press <laughs> junkets. I'm like, yeah, Tarantino, I I see you. Um, <laughs> You're not smooth. Yeah, so a lot of people apparently are getting mad because um, they didn't think that she had enough uh, speaking roles uh, uh, lines in the movie. And a reporter asked Tarantino about it, went on a long rant about it, and then he just said, I uh, reject your hypothesis. I just kind of shut her down right there. And, I mean, I could see exactly where he was coming from. He was being just very curt about it, but he was respectful. And then Margot Robbie answered, and she just said that I think I do a lot without really speaking, but I do have lines in there, like uh, plenty of lines. But she said that I did have a lot of screen time, and I'm cool with that. Also, by the way, I saw somebody say this on Twitter. Great, great reference. Nobody asked um, Adam McKay whenever Margot Robbie was in uh, the big short for 10 seconds Mm -hmm. to being halfway naked in a bathtub to explain what, you know, bonds were. Yeah. Nobody really got mad about that when that's the only reason she was in there. I think (laughs) Selena Gomez might have been in that movie too. There was like three or four just really hot girls in there really just to explain things for us. So that, that nobody ever raised a question on that. But when it's Tarantino, it's controversial, um, I would say. Tarantino, and that's my, that if I had one statement to make about it, or my, my, my uh, personal two cents, is that Tarantino does not fit in this era of filmmaking. Or this era of Hollywood. This Me Too, I know that's, I'm not going to make it a political rant. But as far as how uh, washed down movies have become, and in the era of sequels and remakes and uh, streaming services, all this sort of thing, Tarantino is the black horse. Mm -hmm. And I do not mean that racially. 
Um, he is the he's outsider. He's a air. He is. He's the original film. And that's what I'm, I guess, the point I'm trying to get to. We're almost suppressing creativity in, in the modern era of filmmaking. And you can see exactly why. For a guy who is outspoken, original, um, he, he may be the most knowledgeable person on film on the face of the planet. Mm-hmm. Like, for real. Not even if he wasn't a director. Like, Tarantino is an encyclopedia of film history, movies that you will never hear of. B-movies from the 1960s or whatever. He just knows everything about film. This is the guy I want to make films forever, even though he says he's only going to make ten. And people just love to bash him. And I know this has been a thing, even when Kill Bill... And that's, that's a whole other thing. Even when Kill Bill came out, he was being... Uh, put in a corner by a lot of reporters uh, for his rampage, revenge, bloody, all this sort of thing. They tried to say that he was causing violence. Like when Columbine happened, they were asking him if he had felt like he had any part in that. Stuff like that that's just crazy. So I know this isn't new, but for people to be questioning if Tarantino uh, is for or against female empowerment, when he made the Kill Bill films at a time where nobody was making female-led samurai movies, Mm -hmm. uh, or just female movies in general. He made Jackie Brown, after coming off of Pulp Fiction, when he could have done anything he wanted, he made Jackie Brown. That's that's two films right there. In Pulp Fiction, Uma Thurman has a large role in that film. And she's a badass character. Mm -hmm. She's like a... Kind of like a cat, like kind of uh, toying with uh, John Travolta. Mm -hmm. I'd say she's definitely that alpha female Mm -hmm. over him. Um that's a good point too. And then uh and Glorious Bastards, one of the main characters of the whole thing who's in the climax, is uh I don't know her name because she's a uh, foreign actress. And I can't remember uh her character's name in the movie either, but um she plays a really large role in that film. So for anybody to be questioning uh Tarantino's involvement in the female empowerment movement is kind of insane in itself. Like he's not going to out, he's just not outright political. It it doesn't feel like, but he's done plenty enough in his career. Um, The people that question it just are doing it for clout. They're not really caring about it. They're just trying to make news with everybody wants to respond. Everybody wants that quote. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I think Margot Robbie handled it. Very well, I thought her response was well thought out, and that's just what you get nowadays. These questions, I am all for. You know, everybody. A lot of people complain about the A Force scene in Avengers Endgame. Look, like I liked it. It didn't bother me. I didn't feel like it was forced. Like it was kind of like cheesy a little bit, but it's like if that empowers. You know, my sisters are another female also. Like, that scene isn't for me. But it yeah. wasn't forced on me. The whole other three hours and one minute of the movie were yeah. for everybody. So I can do with the one minute of female empowerment. I'll admit the first time I saw in game, it felt like it came out of nowhere. Like, Because I, I guess the mm-hmm. way it panned out, too, it's not just yeah. them doing it. It was literally the way the shot was mm-hmm. happening on one woman, one woman, and then you just back yeah. up. Like, okay, so this is what we're doing for this moment. Yeah. That just kind of came out of nowhere, mm-hmm. I guess. But I I would love to see a full film of yeah. them. Like, no, it would be awesome. I, I think that would be really cool. And every other time I saw it, 
I liked it a lot because I mm-hmm. expected it and I was like, this is cool. But the first time it did catch me off guard, that doesn't mean mm-hmm. really anything to anybody. But it did catch me off guard the first time, I'd say. I feel like the question that that reporter asked is, I haven't seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood yet. Margot Robbie answered it. She said she felt like she had enough off screen and she knew her character well enough. And did enough without speaking to yeah. portray it well. So that's really, I guess, what matters to her. But out of all this came um, came people that were saying, you know, Tarantino's involvement was a Weinstein scandal. Mm-hmm. So this is really people trying to yeah. <laughs> dig deep to to throw Tarantino under the dirt. Um, I guess I don't want to go into that too much, but I I know that he had a relationship with Weinstein. All of his movies besides Reservoir Dogs, because he wasn't known yet, all the ones after Reservoir Dogs were with the Weinstein Company, um, and he had a close relationship with Harvey Weinstein. But as I've I mean, said, Brad how many Pitt movies. Oh yeah, everybody does. Yeah, I think he's really the only one I know of though that uh, made it a point to stay with the same studio. Of course, I'm I'm sure he let him have all the creative freedom that he wanted. Um, my only thing is Brad Pitt has even been in interviews talking about, he was dating Uma Thurman, mm-hmm. uh, at the time when, uh, Harvey Weinstein did what he did. And then they saw him out at a restaurant and apparently Brad Pitt, uh, confronted Harvey Weinstein. I just feel like for people to be pointing out Tarantino knew or he knew of stuff. Well, heck, I mean, everybody in Hollywood almost not like, Almost everybody, I guarantee you, Leo probably knew too. I don't know if Margot Robbie mm-hmm. was even a name at the time, but anybody who was anybody at the time knew about what was going on. There, like I said, there are people at award ceremonies making jokes about Harvey Weinstein being too touchy and people laughing. So everybody knew for just call out Tarantino again. I mean, I'm going on a rant here about uh, people trying to end Tarantino's career. But it's just ridiculous. It's just like, you know, the way people get bashed. If you're a Trump supporter, pretty much, it's almost comparable to that. Like, if you were friends with Harvey Weinstein, like Tom Brady. Yeah. Tom Brady is friends with Donald Trump. He got bashed for it, and now he's kind of, you know, backed away, and they don't talk. I'm sure they, they're celebrities. They probably don't didn't talk all the time before the name. Yeah. But I guess it's kind of like this. I'm sure I Tarantino just don't- has distanced himself from Weinstein. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, especially since Weinstein's going to prison. But (laughs) um, I just don't, and I don't want to make our movie podcast about a political thing. I just don't understand why you can't be friends with somebody, even if you know they're a bad person, Mm -hmm. why you can't make yourself an acquaintance with them. Like, Mm -hmm. are we, is it a mob mentality of we're shunning people now, like out of society, basically, Mm -hmm. to where nobody's allowed to talk to them? I just don't really get that. I mean, I'd go on an interview right now with... Kim Jong-un. I, don't, I mean, I'd sit in a room with him and talk to him. <laughs> I mean, he may be crazy. I just don't... Like they said, uh, some, there was uh, people doing interviews with Charles Manson 20, mm-hmm. 30 years ago. It didn't mean that you agreed with Charles Manson. It's just like... I don't have to agree with you to respect you. Yeah. Or... Uh, sexual harassment, rape, all that wrong. Hate it. It happens... I'm not on the point where it's not a mis- it's not a mistake. It is something you can come back from, 
I hate when people call it a mistake. Like, no, it's serious. People, Everybody should know right from wrong on that. Weinstein is going to pay for his crimes now, thankfully. But we shouldn't bash somebody like Tarantino who knew about it. And blame it all Just on him. Just blame it, in this instance, blame it all on him. And blame it, we need to blame it on Hollywood as a whole. Yeah. And hold them accountable. Whether that, if the press is going to harass one person, they need to harass everybody. Every male or female that knew about it and did nothing. You know, if you're a victim of it, then I can understand, you know, why you don't want to, why you wouldn't want to speak. But to know about it and do nothing is the wrong thing. But we don't have to tear those people's careers down. Yeah. Uh, I think that's where we go wrong a lot of times is uh, this is almost like with the petition movement. Everybody doing petitions on everything. It's really like that. It's similar. It's what it's similar to. Like, now I feel bad for signing the Game of Thrones petition. <laughs> I was going to say, I just shared a petition. Um, it was out of frustration. But I don't want, like, I'm not out here saying, like, People need to lose their jobs and this or that. Like D and D, they're going to be fine. They're going to go work on something else. Sorry. Like they're all these people are millionaires. You know, they got thousands upon thousands of dollars. Like that's what a lot of people like us, the middle, lower class, like we are the ones suffering, and we're worried about stuff. We're not holding them accountable enough either. Yeah. Not holding everybody enough. Like, you want to pick and choose your favorites. But even that person that's calling it out, like, they probably knew about it way before then. Yeah. It's oh, acting like the hero. Yeah, the everybody after the Harvey Weinstein stuff. I know Michael Keaton, George mm-hmm. Clooney, Matt Damon were doing interviews, and they were all saying, like, we just had no idea. Like, mm-hmm. it's so, like, such a tragedy. Because when it becomes public knowledge, that's when you react. But nobody reacted when they knew about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think, honestly, it's a waste of... Even the fact that we have to address it or that it's a deal at all is a waste of time. With Everybody talks about worrying about the end of the world and what's going to happen. They talk about worrying about Trump or the state of the world or nuclear warfare or overpopulation. All this stuff, recycling pollution. And we're talking about this or like, you know, I just think would people die on the smallest hills in the world when there's much better better things that we could be focusing our time mm-hmm. on. There's always like movies. Gonna be evil in the, yeah. <laughs> There's always going to be evil in the world. We, yeah. I mean, we all need to do our part to, to stop it, to speak up, speak out. Um, and we need to hold people accountable, but we don't need to tear people down that don't deserve it initially. You know, Tarantino knew and he didn't say anything and that was wrong, but his career doesn't need to be ripped away from him just for that fact. And honestly, even when it comes to Weinstein or Kevin Spacey, like let the Amer if you trust the uh, justice system, let it do its thing. Mm -hmm. Like justice is going to come to him one way or another. So the fact that we, I just hate the mob mentality we have today. Yes. As far as we all have to get together, we all have to shun this person or bash and this person. Get on the payload. Get on the payload. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I just, that's the part I can't stand. It's just whatever's going to happen, it really doesn't affect your life as much as you think it does. Just 
do your best as a person. Do your best. Be a good person. Yeah, this That's is our the, speech for this the, is the political version edition of Holy Flake. Rated R. Well, is there anything else you'd like to talk about? Uh, speaking on the Tarantino stuff, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is holding strong at a 95% on Rotten Tomatoes. Awesome. Um, to see it. When's this release date again? July 26th, 25th, 26th. Such a long time away for such what will be such a great movie. Yeah. Uh, I think it's at like two hours and 45 minutes. Uh People are saying, I know they didn't use any CGI, all the sets are real. People are saying it really feels like you go back to 1969, so that's going to be a really just fun uh, event film. Also, Rocket Man comes out this weekend. It is at a 88% on Rotten Tomatoes, last time I checked. Um, and I'm really excited for that. I heard Taron, Ed- Taron Edgerton's performance in it is really good uh, as Elton John. And uh, I like the idea of doing a, a biography that is... Uh, has fantastical elements, mm-hmm. especially for Elton John. I know my parents were confused, like based on a true fantasy, like what does that mean? Or, you know, he's floating around. It's not a biography. I'm like, no, I'm sure they'll do uh, real things that happen to him. They're just adding in the musical, making like a musical biography. I think is something cool. It's fresh from, you know, seeing Bohemian Rhapsody. That was a good movie, but um, almost every movie about a musician is that way. Mm-hmm. It's like, let's start off with the song and let's do the band stuff. And let's like, it's, it has its own formula and it's kind of worn out at this point. Um, so them doing something like this, I think is really cool and fresh. I'm excited to see that movie. So let's talk about, we haven't seen Aladdin yet. No. It had a good box Both office we're going weekend. to, yeah. Uh, that'll probably be a review that we got coming up. Yep. I'm going to try to see that this week. Uh, Brightburn came out this weekend. I'm going to see both those films. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got our John Wick review. If you've seen it, you know, go listen to our review. We talk about best kill, best action scene, obviously what we thought about the movie. Yeah. Uh, something I want to bring up real quick is Avengers going to beat Avatar. Last, okay, I checked two or three days ago and it had 111 million to go. Is that still right or about right? It's at two... Point six billion. One sec. It's at two point six eight, and I think Avatar is like a two point seven something. I had to look. I had them side by side the other day. You can check like the top box office. Oh, here we go. Box office all time. Give us just a second. Uh, worldwide. Yep. There we go. So. Avatar's at 2.788 billion and Avengers Endgame 2.687. Um, so it, it's still got, I guess they might have not done the numbers yet. It's still like 111 uh, 100 million. million. Yeah, about 100 million. So I, I don't see it happening uh, at this point. I think it's died off. Um, random thing I found out on Box Office Mojo looking up. Uh, uh, me and a friend the other day were looking through the top 500 box office of all time. Mm-hmm. And this is just a really weird thing. Um, I couldn't tell you what number it's at. I could tell you to compare the two movies. Most off-the-wall fact. And it, it just blew my mind. So the original Tomb Raider with Angelina Jolie and the new Tomb Raider with Alicia Vikander both have the exact same box office down to the number. 
Really? The exact same. Like I said, really random thing, but for movies, it's like 17 years separate those movies. And they literally sit like tied at the box office. So this one is not as good as the first one. Or not or, as good. Yeah, I guess that's true because of inflation. It probably yeah, it didn't sell as many tickets, if I had to guess. And also, as you said earlier about star power, Angelina Jolie, that was probably at her height. Whereas uh, Alicia Vikander isn't as well. She's one of my favorite actresses. But Avengers Endgame will beat Avatar. It just won't beat it this run. It'll be at the re-release. And well, what happens years. when Avatar Two comes out, and then they have a re-release for Avatar? I mean, they won't re-release. <sighs> True, uh, they'll probably put Avatar. In I don't think Avatar. Okay, real quick on that segment. Do you think Avatar Two? No, I don't even makes half, my time talking. Even makes half of Avatar One. Yes, because but Avatar Three won't. I just don't even think Avatar Two has a chance to break two billion dollars. Yeah, you can call me out on that. I just don't see that happening. No. I'm not interested. <laughs> I don't think many people... I mean, it's been a long time. It's been a long time. Long time. I mean, he's making five, at least. He's already oh. made two and three. And he's okay. making four and five. I think we're at a good point <laughs> in this podcast. I see how you feel about James Cameron. <laughs> it's not him the I have an issue with. It's a subpar movie is the... Number one. Number one gross. Hey, movie people love this time. Okay. Well... <laughs> Go listen to our other podcast. If you hated Game of Thrones ending like I did and think about it every day, please comment, tweet us, let us know. I think we're going to write a holy flick uh, fan fiction script on how we would have done the film. Yes. Um, <laughs> we're going to get it produced by HBO. and It'll be out a few years from now. Five Around the time Avatar 2 comes out. <laughs> no, Avatar 6. Yeah. All right. Well, until next time. We'll see you at the movies.